0: Okay, here we go, see what happens here, set this right down, and good afternoon everyone. Oh, what a beautiful day here in Southern California. Hello Walter, good afternoon, good seeing you, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me and allowing me to use this as an archive moment on this beautiful Tech Tuesday coming from West LA. Kovolt, Bigfoot Journals, good afternoon, good seeing you, 808 E30. Greetings as well. It's Tuesday time, Kovolt. Absolutely. Mr. Cuevas good seeing you indeed. Hello, Southern Entertainment. Sebastian Evans, good seeing you as well. Thank you, It's J-Fam. Appreciate that indeed. Um, love from India, thank you so much, J. Greetings, Torque. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. and I'm in a very special location, as I mentioned to you. I am in off of Venice Boulevard in West Los Angeles. In a place known as race service and you can see some pretty cool cars all around here there's on conifer who did the wonderful stuff on the red uh 930 935 i should say that we did recently and um we are here to do some amazing things and to interact with you as well ghost520 is asking do we do b-series cams yes we do holland's in the house thanks so much courtesy of jdk lean good seeing you indeed Santi Paul from Argentina, good afternoon, thank you so much. AJ Thompson, good seeing you as well from across the pond. I know it's evening time. What's the fastest I've been in Mexico? Um, I would say the fastest in terms of speed would be 165. It's the fastest I've ever been. Um, hello sir, good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining today, AJ. And I think it's evening time for you over there in the UK. Hey Danny, good afternoon wow so much love here thank you so much who the hell is jeff interest screen name it's pretty good nonetheless thank you so much extra charged good afternoon wow cool logo by the way most horsepower car i've ever built so at first I would say it's the balloon um, irock porsche because it showed that my diner i never really had the opportunity to take a look and see um but what i've documented believe it or not is a hyundai we did a Real drive converted Hyundai Santa Fe about three years ago and that made 1170 um, it was almost 1200 horsepower which is pretty cool you know uh, Rosales says I inspired him to do a Miata e-build thank you so much um, what inspires me to make uh, such unique builds and how do I justify it says Oscar Windham. Um well believe it or not I just like to solve problems and that's honestly, the God honest truth, what, what happens? I just solve problems. Um, is there a challenge in mobility or speed or going faster or reliability? That's my goal is to make that come to life. So that's really what inspires me is problem solving. Um, in this case, even with the 935 behind me, the K3V, we have this, you know, I have this old vehicle that was abandoned pretty much. Singer barn, what could I do to have a lot of fun without the guilt? What could I do to have a lot of speed and power without feeling guilty of polluting? and this was the result of that. So, and justification, really initially it's immensely expensive to do these builds and the justification is the products that come in light of that. So if you're going to be a web store, you see so many products, and the majority of those came from creating projects like that, being able to solve problems and create products. And if there are things that we cannot do in-house, we partner with good companies that can bring those to life as well. So I just came from AEM before coming here and they're one of our good technical partners and I don't have the capability of doing circuit boards in-house, but AEM does. So that being said, it is great, you know? Miss um, Alamanca says, I love what you did with the Velocity N. You inspired me to mod my N. You should, it's so good. Those cars are so amazing. And what I like about the Velocity N it has so much potential and opportunity. And it doesn't have that boy racer look that you see with other cars in the segment. So it looks very elegant, a lot of German influence. You can feel that in the steering and the drivability. And even with the backfire and the pop and bangs that comes from the factory setup, which is pretty good, you know? Um, Darwin says, hey, BC, can you start the EV marketplace? That's where you should share your electric convergence. the EV marketplace. I need to look at that. Um, DM me, uh, Darwin, Deborn and Darwin, deborn and let me know, because I'd love to be able to participate in that, indeed, you know? Um, try pay attention to why replacing these VCT gears. Um, oh, yeah, be careful, Drew. You don't want any challenges there at all. Indeed, what's your name? i you you know? Can it seems to be fast? That's slow SJ. SI13? Yes, they can. As a matter of fact, most of us honed our Honda teeth in Civics. Um, CRX was my first uh, car ever that I modified and I needed to push that indeed, you know? Need to do sticker to batch? Yes, I'll change that. So this, this livery just finished a few moments ago, um, literally this weekend. And, um, yeah, I'd like to be able to have that uh, happen, you know? BC makes some proper naughty cars, mate, says Damon Masker. Thank you, si. I Take us a compliment. I really, really appreciate that indeed, you know? Um, How do you open your own shop and get going? So Cushing Bitch, that's a very, very good question and a very challenging one indeed. It is a very grueling and competitive marketplace. So opening a business in terms of automotive being performance, high performance in particular, it's extremely challenging and challenging because there's so many players in that marketplace. I noticed that you only have to do one or two things. Either you set yourself apart by doing crazy, ridiculous stuff like what you may see behind me, or you do some really nice I would say, rebuilds and restoration and factory maintenance, anything in between seems to be a bit of a challenge. And so many shops, especially now with the whole COVID thing going on, um, high performance is more of a luxury than I would say a necessity. So it's a bit of a challenge. And if you haven't had any experience in that market at all, I would encourage you to dedicate your time, even for free, intern in a shop that's similar to what you want to do, get exposure, experience, and see if this is really what you want to do because. It's a lot of gruesome hours. I myself, uh, shame on me and my family suffers for this. I work every day. I'm in the office seven days a week. I never take vacation. You guys have seen me on Tech Tuesday here. When have you ever seen me say, I'm going on vacation? I just don't do it. And it's what is the time I have to put in, the, the the dozens and dozens of hours a day that I have to put in to be able to make things successful for all of us and my team. You know? Good morning, nine eleven motorsports. Good seeing you. My first build was an 88 Honda CRX-HF, which actually put me on the map because I honed my teeth in high RPM small displacement engines, you know? What's up, BC? Take my snap nose and make a sister to yours. t war I am so down. I love projects like that. DM me your budget and also your timelines, and we can make it happen. No problems, you know? Um, what qualities would it make a good for a good turn-in in a BC model? I would say someone who is very open-minded, who is technically savvy and someone who's actually quite hardworking. Those are really very few criteria. It's not too challenging, you know, all things being equal that we look for in interns, you know. Corvold, BC, would you use a Model 3 motor in your convergence if it was available or do you prefer to order big Tesla driver drive units? Great question, Kovolt. As a matter of fact, this morning, and this one my hands are a little bit untidy, this morning um, I went down to the South Bay area near Wilmington, and I dropped off, I actually returned back a Model 3 front drive unit only because if, uh, architecture is quite large but the output, I think, is only 100 kilowatts. I can't do anything with that. You know, Kovo, you met me once. I'm a big power guy. I just love horsepower and um, a 100 kilowatt setup motor doesn't do anything for me. Um, at least the smaller drive units in the rear or front of the Xs or Ss, um, which are the legacy ones, not even the large ones, the smaller drive units at least are 200, 220 kilowatts. So that's, that's decent power. But to have the size of a larger, you know, small unit and only put out hundred, I got it. I looked at architecture. i like, okay, I see some improvements there, but I, I sent it back. So, I will not be playing with the newer Model Threes uh, for a while. I will focus on the legacy large and smaller drive units, if that makes sense. You know. Hey, BC says Jay, did you ever work on a bike? You know what's so weird, Jay? You said that. Are you a spy, Jay? Anyway, the reason why I say that is because I was commissioned to build a bike for SEMA this year. And it's for the Turbinex booth, actually. But Turbinex ended up pulling back. So that being said, it won't be happening this year. So, I have not. Hello, 911 Motorsport. And that was going to be my first foray. It was going to be like a a small, like, mini bike with a turbo and some tuning and some really cool stuff. But it didn't happen. I'm doing well, 911 Motorsport. I hope you're doing great as well. Oh, all the way from Port Harcourt. I'm Inonso, thank you so much for joining. I'm Inonso from Portaco, Nigeria. Good seeing you. Nigeria is where I'm from, I love it. Ooh, good seeing you. Thank you so much. I've been trying to find your V Series camps, can't find anything. So, Ghost 520 Performance, we do that on a custom basis. So, if you go to the website, you won't see it. There are a lot of products we have. So weird, I was just talking to my good friend today, uh, Sean Matthews from, from the UK, about this. There are a lot of products that I have in house that we custom make for teams that we don't advertise for public consumption in the site. So, if you really want it, Ghost, Send me a DM here. I'll give a call or email to the shop, and then we'll get it going for you. And we can make a custom profile for you. We have over 68 different profiles for the B-Series VTEC. So that being said, we have something. If it's something that we have that it doesn't take you a fancy, let me know, and we can customize something just for you. Without qual? Um, any luck with uh, scoring a Mazda Art 7 build? Um, I did have one. I did have an, um, an FD chassis that came in, but I ended up... Sell it to a gentleman who wanted to build it very quickly because I couldn't get to it. One of the reasons why you don't see any Mazda builds in our facility is because we don't have a relationship with Mazda yet, we're building cars. And when you see stuff from Honda and from Ford and from you know, Hyundai, that's because the partnership exists between us and the manufacturer. And it makes things very good for us to be able to build something new, and in this case if I did something with Mazda, something old. So if I did something with Mazda, don't be surprised if we did a newer uh, MX-5. And then also did the old school RX3, RX7. So it depends on our relationship with the manufacturer indeed, you know? Have your cars been in video games since the Everything Post 124? Absolutely it has. As a matter of fact, this gentleman in that room back right there. His name is Rod Chung, and he was instrumental in getting not only my iROC Porsche, but myself in the Need for Speed franchise. So we filmed that about half a decade ago, and it was a very realistic episode where they had legends from around the world come together. So in that game, you have myself, you have Nakai from RWB, you have um, Magnus Walker, you have Ken Block, you have Steph Papadakis. There are quite a few of us in that. And it was pretty cool. You know? Thank you so much, Inhale. Axel says that love my comment indeed. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Ever done anything on 944? No, I have not. Only because I typically do things in the Porsche world based upon the client and their desire. So, if I have a 944 client comes in and wants to do something, I am so game but at this point, I have not had a client come in for a 944 build. Um, our builds are pretty involved and pretty crazy, and I think the 944 guys tend to shy away from that kind of mindset, but that doesn't mean it can't be possible. I would love, and Corvo, you'll love this, I would love to be able to infuse similar to EV technology in this into a 944, but I just need to find the right client to make that happen. Hmm? Um, oh, the Model 3 rear unit. Oh, okay. Um, 300 kilowatts before mods is pretty nice. Um, I have not got my hands on one of those units, but I'll take a look, I'll take a look. I have not even thought about using that. Um, I've been playing around with um, a lot of the large and small drive units. Uh, Turbo supercharger, which one is better? It depends on your goals, Slow SI13. So here is the BC's rule of thumb when it comes to those different types of of, of force induction. For individuals who love, and I see this a lot with some of my clients, the whine of a supercharger and the feel of a supercharger was absolutely no lag because it makes the engine feel like a large natural aspirated setup, or if there are challenges with heat in the engine bay, supercharging is the way to go. Um, It's a direct cog between the crankshaft and also the impeller blade on the supercharger, so you have immediate, immediate induction of air. As a matter of fact, some superchargers at idle tend to vent so it doesn't push air into the engine at idle. That's how efficient some of the modern day superchargers are. Um, The challenges with supercharging, however, is in nature, of its application, right? And what that means is it takes energy to turn a supercharger. It takes energy to push air into the engine. So you may have a 480 horsepower supercharge setup of which 50 horsepower is being consumed by the supercharger itself being turned by the crankshaft. While turbocharger, on the other hand is great because turbocharger is more modular. You have the opportunity to be able to place the turbos in locations that are ideal for the engine bay. You can crank the boost up and have different modes in terms of boost based upon gear or speed. Um, you could have a 300 horsepower today and if the engine can handle it, 400 tomorrow, 600 the next day. You have the capability of doing all those cool things and you're using, in a perfect world, wasted energy to turn it. So you now have this exhaust system that where there's wasted energy in terms of heat and mass airflow of air and, and, and also uh, radiation that turns the compressor the, uh, wheel via a direct cog to the exhaust wheel. So, they tend to be more efficient. So, you don't tend to get the parasitic loss you see with, ter- with supercharging. So, it depends on what your goals are. You want immediate, no lag, supercharged away. Or, if you have an engine bay with heat management issues, like the S2000 is a popular one. To do a proper turbo system, you have to relocate your fuse box and relocate your battery. But if you want supercharged, you don't have to worry about that. And you have this cool sound of a large NA setup. While the turbocharger, because of how the exhaust wheel sits in exhaust flow, does a good job in maybe attenuating some of the sounds, so you can actually many times get away with a turbocharged setup without even a muffler, because the turbine wheel is a great attenuation device, eh? Great questions, you know? Northwest Territories Canada, courtesy of Stewie Beezy. Good seeing you. Um, I met you at BMW McKenna. Do you work with them still, says Ron's World. It's so weird. Today must be a great psychic day, because I, believe it or not, spoke to Mel Mayuga, at McKenna today, so order some parts today. So I still do work with them quite a bit, absolutely. You know, um, cushion bitch, you must have missed my comment. I didn't have a very big comment on how to get your shop going, so um, this will be up here on Instagram indefinitely. I am filming right now for YouTube, and i will be up on YouTube indefinitely as well. and uh, Feel free to listen to it again, By all means. You know, you missed out. Do you have a sport front-wheel drive build? No, Ghost uh, 520 Performance. I'm the weird a-hole that built NA cars to spank on turbo guys. So when I used to race quite a bit in drag racing and I was competitive with my uh, uh, Honda Insight, I had the opportunity to um, run low nines, um, naturally aspirated, as far back as 2006, 2007, and uh, 2008, 2009. And what's cool about running low nines is that I did it with unibody, so that my car wasn't cut up. While most people did back half and tube chassis and front half, mine was a full unibody car. So I remember fondly going to Fontana um, and having some fun and then going to Sacramento to race um, at, um, what series was that? CMI, yeah, California Modified Imports. And Tony told me not to return because the turbo guys were complaining that I was messing up their class. So yes, I'd go to CMI and I would win the turbo class with a naturally aspirated, Single cam engine, F22 in both my CRT and and inside, and I was banned from going there. So I stopped. Hello, Craft Motion, sir. Good seeing you, indeed. Thank you so much for joining. Kovol says the 944 is an excellent EV conversion platform, but from what I hear, they don't like much added weight. If you keep low on battery weight and go all drive, it should be excellent. Yes. The the one challenge nowadays is um, if I start reducing the kilowatt hours, it reduces range and also capability of having a lot of fun too. So. That would be interesting but I welcome the opportunity to build a 944. i just waiting for the client to walk through the door and we can make it happen by all means. You know? Um, you're a sharp cat, says Ron's World. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. You know? RevFlix says, I saw your hyperdrive on Netflix and I was, no way. Yes, that was fun. We were in New York, Rochester for two months filming the, uh, that Charlize Theron's, uh directed show where it was like American Ninja Warrior meets like Fast and Furious. It was pretty crazy and uh, some people got hurt, cars got damaged, but it was a fun ride, a fun two months filming that. So I think it's time for more seasons. so I look forward to even more carnage coming. The funny thing is that when we filmed that, we had no idea, no idea, guys, what type of racing it was. So you had cars that were like drag cars that we brought, what uh, uh, Saul from SOS and I took there was this LS-swapped, turbocharged Z. Um, There were guys with exotics. There was a Viper that came by, a Corvette. Um, uh, The guys from AMS brought a Lamborghini out, so we had no idea. And then there were quite a few drifters, and I guess the drift cars really reigned supreme because it was really, the truck was set up for them. So it was really good, you know? Liam says, uh, Liam Bociccio says, turbos make some Honda sound better. You know, turbos make a lot of cars sound better. I actually like the sound of a large displacement Porsche on turbocharged. It sounds really, really awesome, you know? Um, Get that hardtop 2021, nice. Can you talk about matching batteries and electric motors? Um, engineering RAW, yes, I can. So here's what's interesting, and it's so weird that most people don't talk about this. Um, you have motors, let me take a step back. Motors can operate in a very wide range of voltages, and what I tend to do is try and optimize performance because even though a lot of my peers are big into EV mobility, I'm a performance guy, I'm into EV performance, and it's my, to, my, my job to optimize it. So one place you can look at, and this is uh, thanks to the guys at uh, Borg Warner, if you go on Cascadia's website, you will see some pretty interesting charts that show the output performance of their AC motors based upon voltage. You'll see what happens if you put in a 250 voltage setup in it and match that with a battery system accordingly, or 400 which is my favorite. I like to hover around 400, 360, 400, or 800. And you see the power output gets much better as you go up in voltage. But as you also go up in those components, in terms of voltage, the expense goes up as well. So what is the happy medium? As things think said so today, I tend to hover in the 400 range. I shoot for 403 in that. That is the happy medium between expense and performance for me. So I tend to do whatever I can to keep the weight at a minimum. I tend to parallel cells that exist in this 16 kilowatt hour range. So 400 volts, 16 kilowatts, and you can multiply that to 32, and they end up going up to, you know, 48 and all that fun stuff. So that's what I tend to do, and I tend to parallel those cells to give me more range and also more amp output for more power and fun. So that's how I tend to match mine, is by trying to optimize performance, um, and I can go into more deeper. I'm just giving a nice 30,000-foot level to make things much easier for everyone to understand. As you guys remember, um, as an engineer, I'm here not to talk over the audience's head. My goal is to be able to break down engineering concepts so everyone can understand them and appreciate them indeed, you know? Um, what do I think about the Tesla's roster with the space thruster going? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> going 1.1 is amazing. I got this down to 206, and that's me leaning into the throttle. So I really look forward to doing more stuff when I initiate a uh, launch control logic into that or my more subsequent builds because I, I really do want to build an all-wheel drive one. If I do that, that should be just bananas, eh? Hello, Mims Honaday over over in the UK. Hope you're staying safe as well. Ricky, he may be the one. Ricky has a 944. He may be the one to do it, you know? Um, absolutely. You need... My pleasure indeed, engineering Rod. Thank you so much. I don't know what uni means, J.K. Ling. Thank you. You're awesome as well, Engineering Ra. Right? I appreciate that indeed, you know. Um, let's see. Does supercharging and turbocharging any engine bring your RPMs lower? That has not been my experience. The biggest influence I've seen on RPM capability, whether you're turbocharging or supercharging a setup, are camshafts. Now, this is, bear in mind that you're not restricting your setup by using an adversely small or large or, or too small compressor or in the turbocharger case, exhaust wheel. All things being equal. Being sized properly for the application, it does not cut off your RPM capability. Um, camshafts do. So what I've had much success with is even building my petrol engines that I turbocharge, like, Pressurize NA setups, so I go bigger camshafts, and I, for those of you who know my level three there six, they're huge camshafts with turbocharging, and I just pressurize that and see great success with that. You know, what's the better unit of measure for describing power of an EV? Horsepower, kilowatts? I will say kilowatts. That's really good. I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate of SI units. Um, I came to this country and had to learn other things, so when it comes to electric motors, kilowatts is is a good way, and there's some parts of the world that use that for all type of ways of measuring energy or power. Um, But since in the enthusiast world, people understand horsepower more. So you see, you know, people ask about that. I say 475 kilowatts. But then I follow up very quickly with 636 horsepower. So it's interchangeable as long as the conversion units is proper. Um, But in the EV world, most people talk in watts when it comes to power, and kilowatts in this case. Hmm? Any hybrid cars come from Moto? passenger opinion, it is possible. This year, no. What I am building this year, um, believe it or not, for an in-house build that can be quite nice is a petrol engine because there's some things I want to try out when it comes to clean fuel and I'll explain myself better guys. I am an advocate of going fast and having fun but I hate pollution, <laughs> okay, so I always had that guilt. Even in my own drag cars years ago, I ran on methanol because I didn't want to run on gasoline that was more pollutant. Or lead-based fuels. I didn't want to do that. Or fuels with olefins. That was really even worse. Then as I got into the more popular um, off-road market uh, in terms of high performance, I went to more flex fuel because I love the benefits that ethanol does provide. And being that you're going to flex fuel, you don't have that range of anxiety that people may have when running only pure ethanol E85 or E90. So, this is a new chapter allowing me the opportunity to do wonderful things in terms of EV and there's zero emissions period, which I like very, very much. So, that being said, um, I'm going to build one more vehicle this year. Very beautiful. You guys will love this. It's crazy. You think this is crazy. It's crazier than this. It'll be petrol-based, but it'll be on clean fuel. It'll be a combustion engine and an engine that most people don't find very appealing in the Porsche world, but we'll talk about that later. And then I'm building another EV as well, which will have an improvement on everything I learned on this one, which is the very first one we've had, you know, which should be pretty good, you know? So that's a great question. Mexico's in-house the house, courtesy of Antonop, good seeing you indeed. Um, is a hybrid conversion of an ICE-only vehicle easy or hard? Um, do a hybrid conversion is, is involved, and it's not that the components can be very difficult to initiate. So, hybrids can exist in many different forms. You can have one where it's an integrated motor assist, meaning you have a petrol engine, you have a gearbox and in between you can have an axio motor which is like a pancake style like little electric motor that has very high torque output and that is typically cogged to the flywheel or the crankshaft on the engine and it acts as a generator and absorption unit. So you can use it as a starter, you can use it as a unit to generate energy to help your petrol engine. You can use it as um, uh, in a step down application as a, an alternator and it also can charge back the batteries upon regen or decel or the case maybe of going downhill. So that's one application. The other application of a hybrid setup is to leave the petrol engine alone or in an integrated motor assist application and having electric motors powering other wheels. So you can have a petrol engine for front wheel drive and electric in the rear or vice versa. So that being said, that's another opportunity. The challenge is not the application, not cogging the axial motor to the flywheel, not putting a a, a drive motor that's electric on the non-drive wheels of a petrol engine. It is the logic to make them work in unison. That's the challenge. The ability to use the petrol engine to, and, and engine management to communicate via can or directly on when the electric motor should come in full tilt, when it should not, do you have an eco mode, how it should charge the battery, can you use a petrol engine to push the electric motor and use that as absorption unit to charge the batteries back. There's so much logic and safety as well. Covolt um, is an engineer, he's here and he knows how all about safety. It's very paramount because you're now dealing with these very high voltage batteries and batteries that can have a challenge with thermal management and all that good stuff. So that being said, the challenge is in the logic. That is the difficult part in making things work properly and you have to do a lot of testing. So it's a task that I may end up taking up when I get bored and it does happen quite often. Um, and I'd like to build some really cool logic but right now I'm going to do separate petrol and separate EV in the next coming months. Hello MJ Photograph, ex-neighbor, good seeing you, how are you, good seeing you indeed. Why do turbo engines rev lower than natural aspirated engines? Is it based on the cams? Passenger opinion, yes. So I'll give you a perfect example of an engine that all of you are probably very familiar with and that engine is the 2JZ from Toyota. So think about the 2JZ engine, have you ever looked at the factory camshafts on those? They are very, 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 see I said three varies, right, conservative. The lift and duration, the overlap is almost non-existent. It's a very thin camshaft. And if you look at the ports, look at the ports on those. You know, once again, engines are glorified heat exchangers, eh? or energy converters. And these engines, the one way to make power in the internal combustion engine is to get as much air with the appropriate amount of fuel into the engine and combusting it properly without qualms, Then you make power. So look at the 2JZ intake port, very small, right? So, small intake ports, small camshafts, those are recipes for low RPM capability. If you look at even the K20C from the new Type R, where it's low not primarily that it can't make more power up top, but camshafts are very, very, very conservative, and you have a direct injection pump that lives in low RPMs. If you go north of 7500, you can have valve float in the pump itself and have problems. So, It is the camshafts and exhaust ports that do it. And that's the reason why I love, I really do love turbocharging natural-aspirated engines. When I compare the Porsche, let's say, Metzger-based engine out of the 996 Turbo, and I look at the head, and I look at the head of the same generation M96 engine, the ports of the M96 are way bigger, and guess what happens? For every pound of boost with the same setup, all things being equal, the M96 makes more power. Bigger cams, bigger ports and the RPM capability is there as well. So I hope that helps. Isn't it making uh, the batteries for electric vehicles more of impact on the environment than gas engines? Absolutely not real, Red, for you. And you know, I used to hear that as well prior to me getting into this. And then what I uncovered, I need to dedicate to an entire Tech Tuesday by itself, is very, very scary what some of the gas companies have done to put to really go out of their way to put the EV world in a negative light, um, there is a documentary I think on Netflix, like "Who Killed the Electric Car." If you have a chance, look just just watch that video. Maybe a little boring for some people, but has some good information. And it's frightening how powerful all your companies are, and how powerful they are in trying to make this new age means of mobility slow down or go away. So no, um, it's actually not true at all. As a matter of fact. Um, even petrol engines use batteries. I may them up using lead acid till today. And those are pretty crazy as well, you know? Snow4Run says, I love how you can explain very difficult subjects in easy to understand form. That's a skill many do not have. Thank you so much, Snow4Run. And uh, I appreciate the kind words. As an engineer, I have the capability of chopping up with my peers at a high level. But I'm not one of those engineers that want to talk with my audience to come across as intelligent. Um, it's my goal to break things down so we all can explain it and, or, or enjoy it and understand. Um, and you know, that's why many times you hear me use analogies, like even when talking about bolts and wave propagation, I talk about dropping a pet on a pond. Um, when I talk about safety, I talk about like, like muscle building, you know, like walking in the gym and how, you know, it's so sad that you have these cars or engine management solutions, the cars are beautiful and they're gorgeous paint and then you, you take a look at the ECU and it's rubbish and I use that as, oh, you work out, you eat well and then your brain is just, just rubbish, you know, it's, it's so many things, it's my goal to make engineering fun, and allow people to understand very very well, you know? Have a great week as well, T-War, thank you so much. Anything that works for the 10th gen Honda? Um, we did quite a bit, so with American Honda, we had access to the SI, 10th gen, and even Type R pre-production. So that being said, we've done quite a bit with that, but if you're talking about new products moving forward, that market is, has a lot, a lot of products already, so I may just leave it as is. I don't have any plans for doing that uh, anytime soon, you know? Is it bad for the internals of a stock engine to run E85? Absolutely not, Dean Davidson, that's a matter of fact. If you look a little bit south of the United States, way south, in Brazil, they hate relying on foreign oil. So lots of sugarcane, lots of biomass, they run every car on a large percentile of ethanol. So the one danger, one danger of running ethanol in stock or modified internal combustion engines is being able to protect the internal components properly. And not all oils are compatible with E85. As a matter of fact, I've seen really scary data when I uh, started doing my own experiments on conventional oils or even fairly popular ones and how easily they disintegrate or froth or just go to blazes when it comes to any contact with an ethanol or alcohol-based fuel, or any fuel with an OH radical. So that being said, um, I, I don't high and fine. You see I love these guys. I, I represent them on my hat, on my cars. I love them a lot. The Purell guys, they they know their stuff. It's an aerospace company. They deal with a lot of, you know, I would say heat and chemical resilience that we don't see in automotive because they're big aerospace guys. And that oil is what I use. And it has amazing resilience to ethanol and methanol. It's even on the bottle. So by all means, I would encourage you. One thing, Dean, um, De- Dean Davidson, is yes, you can use E85, but please upgrade your oil. And I recommend Purell. I really do. That's what you should do. You know? When in high school, did you race in open track day or formal race, uh, racing series? So Williams, no, um, when I was in high school, I didn't even know anything about cars. And if you remember, I was one of those weird engineering students or super weird students. I skipped a lot of grades. So I really didn't graduate high school. I skipped grades and entered university when I was 15. So um, even when I was in university for the first year, I didn't do any racing at all. So only when I came to the United States to finish up my curriculum is when I started racing indeed, you know? The guy behind you is Super Saiyan, that's so funny. (laughs) I saw that, he has pretty queer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, What concerns should you consider on automobiles pre-2000 when looking to switch fuel systems from 91, 93 to 85? So, Texas Holyfield, it depends on the manufacturers. So, some manufacturers adopted better um, lines than others, but whenever I build a car that is, for me, I'm crazy, right, pre-2001, I automatically get rid of all the fuel lines and replace them with Teflon line lines. So you have companies like um, uh, Vibrant that make lines that are Teflon that you can purchase from your local sweet shop or distributor or you can get directly or get on Amazon. Um, if you have a local facility, we are lucky to have G&J out in Ontario, California. They have Teflon line, they have braided holes that Teflon line inside. So that's what I tend to do. I definitely get rid of all the old rubber components. Um, I get rid of any paper filters that may exist, and a lot of companies, all matter of fact, use paper filters for fuel, and they tend to disintegrate very, very badly with uh, with ethanol. And um, of course, injectors, I upgrade those as well. So I hope that helps. You know, DJ Romerov says you got an EK build. Wow, all-wheel drive EV. Let's talk, sir. I'm down. Oh, you'll break the internet if you build an EK automatic with a all-wheel drive EV. Peewee, wee 0809 is today's birthday. Happy birthday to you, pee I wish you many, many more and enjoy your day. And thanks for joining us and spending it with us, you know? Oh, my goodness. Thank you for the explanation about the cam, says Pastor's opinion. My pleasure indeed. I am here to help. I'm here, as you many remember, to be that person that I needed when I came to America. When I came here, I wanted to learn about cars. I wanted to figure out how to modify my stuff. No one, I really didn't get that much help. And... I needed me when I was younger, and I'm trying to be that. Definitely, you know? Um, Your tolerance to explain thoroughly and answer repeat question is second to none. Don't worry about signing any type of way. Thank you so much, Dreamy Life. I appreciate the kind words, you know? How do you feel about turbocharging the F20B? And if you mean F20B Honda, which is like the overseas Accord, amazing. I love that so much that we have custom pistons made just for the application, custom pistons and rods. So that being said, if you need F20B rods or pistons, we made a ton of them and we sold quite a few too. I think it's still on the website. Hmm. Anyway, yes, I like them very much, you know? Thoughts on 911R? Awesome. 1967? Oh, not even more sport, you're good. I'll tell you my thoughts on 911R. I have a 1967 912 that came to me as a project that um, I pretty much saved and what I mean by saved. I bought it from Northern California. I really want the engine. The, um, it's kind of scary. Uh, this chassis was a beautiful silver, but I'm explaining to you how atrocious this thing was. 67, 912. The side rear fenders of a 930, the wing from a 930, original wing, by the way, the rear valence, bumpers and lights of a 964. And the front end of a 993 turbo crazy right so i saw this car and it had a 36 engine in it it had a proper 964 engine made it to a 901 gearbox so this thing was just it was just and the whole interior is full 993 so i got this car and got rid of the fenders cut it off sewed the wing got rid of the rear valence sewed the whole front end which was all factory original right got rid of the front headlights all that stuff got rid of the interior I, they converted from a 3 to eight, a 5 pod. I may just keep the 5 pod in place. And one thing they did that pushed me towards a 9-11 is they shaved the, the gutters. You know the little rain gutters that exist on top of the 9 And some racers take them off for aerodynamics because it's an advantage, but the purists hate when you take those off. So the fact that it was shaving, it now relegated really the car to become a, a bit of an outlaw. So my goal is to give the slight... You know, the 67, 912s, and 911s had a straight fender, but the 911R had that slight little career fender flare coming out. My goal is to create my own Outlaw 67, 911R because I find those cars so fascinating. I may even do the road cage, that weird, you know, they didn't have good radius bending then, so it's a wide radius cage. I may do the same thing. I think the 911R was like the epitome for the 60s of a pure race car, lightweight driver. It was just an amazing call. So I love it, you know? Look behind, says Roger Michael. Yeah, I see it. I see. I see what you're looking at. I see it. Rare <laughs> earth <laughs> mineral mining was really dirty, but it's cleaning up. Most of it because China's having little care pollution. Yes, you're right, Cobalt. Thank you so much, you know? Oh, my God. Um, Dalton is asking, how they are they only under 100 viewers? Well, because, I'll tell you one thing. Technology... Motorsports is not as sexy as, I guess, a chick dancing or twerking. <laughs> so that's the reason why. And once again, um, a lot of people don't know about what, this thing that we do. Um, a lot of people don't, uh, are not really involved in motorsports and technology the way that you're involved in just, maybe, being attracted to thirst traps. Did I say that? Thirst traps. Anyway, so yeah, absolutely, you know. Yes, um, they're actually um, setting some stuff up for, uh, for some filming. So yes, they, they're, they're fine. Yes, I see that. Hello, Stacy. So for those of you who don't know Team Stacy, she is from South Africa. She was part of that beautiful show that we do with Netflix, Hyperdrive. So she had the pink BMW, a very good driver, great drifter. And she's in one of the videos of one of my uh, most admired artists from Nigeria, Davido. So hello, Stacy. Good thing. your hope Dad is well. Tell Dad and Molly I said hi, by all means. You know. Best way to shift a dog box helico without a strain gauge Best way to shift is to blip the throttle, and I've done that. So I have a conversion in my drag car for years by Hausmann Autosport out in Canada. Jamie's a great guy, by the way. Jamie does does this very clever thing. So he can take your helical gearbox and remove all the rubbish, and yeah, they are rubbish synchros, and then weld on dogs and have a dog collar on them. So he can just shift like a dog box, but you have the helical quietness, and it's pretty cost-effective because you're not making new gears. And it's pretty cool. And he backcuts the dog. So whenever weight or power is slightly removed, it kicks out of gear. So the best way to shift the dog box without a strain gauge is to, as you're in power, blip the throttle. As you blip the throttle, you, sh- you pull. With commitment. You don't granny shift because that's how you kill dogs. You blip the throttle and with commitment, pull. So if many of you haven't seen this and haven't had a chance... Go on the BC Moto YouTube page, subscribe, look for BC Motor Insight. Listen to my car. You see me shifting? It sounds like a bike or some crazy sequential. No, it's an H pattern and me blipping the throttle. And that's how you do it. So I hope that helps. Boosted goat. You know. Have you ever worked on liquid uh, petroleum gas converted car? And do you have an opinion on this topic? I haven't, but I appreciate it because you know what? Something about LPG. Amazing. Anti knock properties. The the octane is north of one thirty. You can do crazy stuff with boost and high compression with LPG. And I really want to, I really want to do that. Um, I haven't had a chance. So much to do, so little time. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put it and and burst pretty nice too. So I wouldn't put it too past. I haven't played with it, but don't be surprised if I come up with a project doing that. You know can for j series says Landshark1. We can help. Um, hey, BC, what's all you use? It is called All. P-U-R-O-L. P-U-R-O-L. Um, you can see it on Amazon. I sell it too. Um, I'm ashamed to say this, but they also offer sponsorships, which hurts my business. Anyway, um, but they're good guys. So if you, if you have a very good following, um, hit them up here on Instagram, All USA, P-U-R-O-L underscore USA. Hit them up, them I sent you, and they'll sponsor you. They're really great. Um, and if you don't have a strong following, and I prefer you buy from me anyway, you can go to BC Marble website, and you can see it there. We exist in 020, 530, 1040, and 2050. On these topics, thank you BC, if you ever need anything. Thank you so much, Ron. Roy. I appreciate that indeed. Um, Realness Racing, AJ says, I came to US and became a racing hoodlum. Oh. You're right, I did a lot of poor things. I really, um, I did naughty things when I was younger, but I'm quite ashamed but it helped me tremendously, you know? s 2 Boo says it's a nice portion in the background. Why, thank you, sir. How do you guys like the new liveries? Very nice, isn't it? Thank you so much. Uh, thoughts on supercharging a rotary? If you can't tell, I hope Mazda follows up with you. <laughs> well, I feel that the same can happen. The one thing about a rotary is, just because of the way the power out- is outputted from that setup, they tend to have very low torque in the low RPM ranges. So, I think with a properly sized supercharger, it can work very nicely and the sound would just be you know what, if I do something with Mazda, maybe I'll do that. If I don't twin charge, maybe I'll do a supercharged one. I would love just to hear that sound. Because you know, you know how rotary sound with a crazy, or well, I wouldn't say, go crazy as a, as a peripheral port. Let's say a bridge port, or a mile street port. And then you add a supercharger, oh my god, that would be bananas, wouldn't it? I probably would do that. i probably make something like that, you know? I'm currently putting a K24 on my EK using an 07 SI transmission. Do I need to make it work with my speedometer? Now, here's what I've done in cases like that. Um, there are, it depends on your engine management system. I need to get more information on what ECU you're using. Are you using a factory ECU, are you using KPRO, are you using AEM? Um, because there's so many facets of are you using a factory cluster, are you using a dash? That's a pretty involved back and forth project. Um, what I've done for a lot of my clients is with that combination, I just run an AEM dash and run an AEM ECU and it reads perfectly. And then while on a dyno, I can calibrate my speed calibration based upon my dyno putting my tire size and I know what it needs to be and I just calibrate them or if you want to go to getaway you can use your phone like a look at phone like this right and just download a GPS map and then calibrate by driving on your complex and then changing the, the sensitivity and also the calibration values to make them match you know hey BC what are the advantages and disadvantages of hanging and why do new cars have a side from emissions control and it's harmful to the engine to remove rev hang. So first, advantage of rev, advantage of rev hang is, dude, your car, when you shift, your RPMs don't fall as much. You can fall back in a power band, it's amazing. Race car drivers do it, AJ taught me how to do it, he's a great guy, it's amazing. Disadvantages is, if you are not very good at doing it yourself, it can actually slow you down. The factory ECU is doing it, like the Nissans, and the new Type R, the new SI, and the Velocity N, it's amazing um it is not harmful at all and many setups allow like you to disable and that's one thing i like about the velocity and you can disable it in cabin um with some of the cars you can have to disable it through flashing the ecu but i actually like it i like the sound um some people don't like the sound but um i don't think it's really an emissions thing it's more of a performance attribute or advantage yeah thank you so much 911 motorsport i appreciate it indeed south african the passenger's opinion Stacy sis, good seeing you i have a girl in the back g views go up oh uh, you're so few you guys you know that's actually maryland she's a good girl she's nice like that actually there are quite a few ladies there um hello tft scott good seeing you columbia's in the house when are we going to build a porsche motor aj you know last time you were you, you saw me i haven't even finished the cayman mode it's still on the stand it's just I am so crazy busy, I can't even touch my own project. So, AJ, I will let you know. I haven't even put the I haven't even put an oil pan on the gray Porsche. So sad. And on that note, guys, I, I do have to depart. Um, and they're making noise back there, so I need to join. I'm quite hungry, actually. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to have this up here on Instagram indefinitely. I really appreciate you, and thank you so much to the guys here at... Great service for allowing me to use our wonderful facility to be able to do Tech Tuesday. Sorry, I'm in a bit of a dog. It's quite sunny out here. But um, stay safe, guys. Keep in touch. And if there are any way that you guys can suggest I can make this even a better application, let me know. I am here to help. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. See you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.